Welcome, everybody, to Breaking Big Blue, your second of the week, because this is a special Giants Breaking Big Blue Fantasy Palooza, where we're going to break down all things fantasy when it comes to the New York Giants. That means, yes, Saquon Barkley, where do you draft him? Odell Beckham, where does he stand coming off that broken ankle? Is he a top 10 player? Is he a top 12 player? Where do you take him? Then you have Eli Manning. Is he worth anything in fantasy? Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, their defense. Aldrich Gross, that's we're not really going to get much into. Kickers, I don't do fantasy kickers. You could pick up anybody any week. Who knows? Crapshoot, okay? So who knows? First of all, you got to find a better option than Aldrich Gross to start the season. So if you're thinking about that, you're thinking deep. And you're going to like the rest of what we have to offer you because, let's be honest, fantasy drives drives us these days. I mean, did anybody see the U.S. Open? The guy goes out, his name is John Millman, right? He goes out and beats Roger Federer, okay? It's who knows what time, 1 in the morning or whatever, 12, midnight, 1. He just beat Roger Federer. Got to be the biggest win in this guy's career because I've never heard of him before today. That day we're taping this. Today is Tuesday. And John Millman gets up there and he's talking his post-match interview and he says, yeah, I got to go get some treatment, wake up for my 7 a.m. fantasy football draft. I got a big decision. I got the second pick. I got to decide between uh, Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley. Like, you know, that's where we are as a society, right? I mean, you could make the argument that fantasy is bigger than football itself. I think we've reached that point. It's that big a deal. Like, I'm sit, even me, I cover football, love football. I'm sitting home on a Thursday night and the Texans play the Jaguars. And I'm not dying to tune in. I'm, but if my fantasy guy is playing, if I say have Mar- Marcus Mariota on my team or Leonard Fournette, I'm going to be like, Oh, I got to watch this. Whereas if I don't have them, eh, I'm hit or miss on that Thursday night. Maybe just have it on the background. But if my guy's playing, I'm watching it. Not only am I watching it, I'm sitting there yelling at the screen and yelling at the Jaguars coaches, just give the ball to Fournette already. Come on. What are you wasting your time? Giving it to this scrub or that scrub or letting Blake Bortles throw. Give it to Leonard Fournette. That's where we're at with fantasy football. And for that reason, for that reason, I'm going to bring you a special guest to talk just about fantasy football and your New York Giants and the Giants players. And with that, on to the next one. All right, we welcome Adam Levitan from DraftKings and Fantasy Labs. I mean, if you want to know your fantasy angle and you want to know individual player projections per week and who's the right start and who you should go for for daily fantasy, this is I'm telling you, this is your guy. This is my guy, at least. This is my guy right here. Right? I mean, am I right or wrong? Uh, Come on. Uh, yeah. Uh, all the losers in their basements, they look to me. When, when times get tough, uh, you know, they, they can't get the answer from their mom on who to start. They yell up the stairs and nobody comes back and answers. And then they come to me and then that's where how it happens. That's a big audience, though. Come on. That's our audience here. <laughs> that's our audience. Actually... You know, that's the guy that's calling and continuously pranking my parents still. Like, uh, my parents are like, listen to this message. Uh, this is, uh, we're taping this on, what is it, Tuesday? So my parents mm-hmm. called me last night and 
there's some guy who had called my parents in the past and were pranking them, and they've started again. And he left. They, he this guy left a message. I, I can't. I can't say on the air what exactly he said, but let me just say I'm pretty sure that he lives in his basement. So, dude, how how famous are you that you're getting pranked? And and, and why don't you just tell your parents to join this century and ditch their home phone and go strictly sell? I I tried. I tried, but they still have an answering machine. So that doesn't that tell you everything? Right. Like a real answering machine, not yeah. like a, a built-in voicemail. They have an answering machine. I know my my parents do too. It's so tilting. <laughs> okay, so let's get into Giants fantasy players, right? Who do you like? Let me hear. Come on. I mean, obviously, you know, it's all relative. You, everybody likes Saquon and Barkley, sure. and everybody likes Odell Beckham, right? If you're if they're there in the third round, of course, everybody likes them, right? But how high are you on, on those two guys and some of these Giants players here this year in fantasy? Yeah, you know, it's a little weird. I actually think the Giants will be better this year than maybe uh, national perception or at least uh, perception off of what they did last year. I think they'll be better. But uh, from a fantasy perspective, I haven't ended up with many of these guys or really any because I think as you add weapons, the target share, the concentration of the work, the concentration of the touchdowns, the concentration – uh, of all the targets and everything, uh, starts to get more spread out. So you add Saquon to the mix, you bring uh, Odell back, and that's going to hurt Evan Ingram, and that's going to hurt uh, Sterling Shepard. And, and so all these guys now, the, you know, the more weapons that a team has, uh, the harder it is to pinpoint big-time usage. I, I would say that my favorite guy is probably Saquon, but, I mean, he's going like sixth or seventh overall. I would probably take Leonard Fournette over him. I would probably take Melvin Gordon over him. So I don't really end up with – Saquon either. Not to think that. Not to say that I think he'll have a bad year. I think he'll have a really good year, particularly in full PPR formats. But, but yeah, I haven't really ended up with many of them, and that's no shot. It's just the way it is. I made a prediction today. I mean, it had to be a bold prediction, so I probably went a little overboard. But I predicted that Saquon Barkley would have 80 receptions this year, like Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson esque. I mean, just mm-hmm. the, the Eli Manning dump down and just the, just trying to get the ball in his hands in, in that way, like. I just see him catching a ton, a ton of passes. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of reasons you could think that, right? First, offensive line concerns, obviously. And second, Pat exactly. Shermer is known for trying to get the ball out of his quarterback's hands very quickly. And also, if you look at the way Saquon played at Penn State, it was similar to what David Johnson did in college. These guys did not uh, do that well running between the tackles. They were perimeter runners, and they really dominated catching the football. I am a Penn State uh, alum class of 2004, and I don't watch much college football anymore, but I watched a ton of Saquon, and just getting him the ball in the pass game uh, in space and letting him do it is obviously uh, just, like, really, really strong. So totally agree that, that Saquon could push up towards 60, 70 catches would not shock me at all. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. People have drafts, right? The first four guys are, are that like, top-tier running back class, right? I mean, you, you're in agreement with that? Mm-hmm. It's like Zeke, uh, uh, Todd Gurley, David Johnson, mm-hmm. and... Uh, Levy on yep. Le'Veon. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, yep. So like you're 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 in agreement. Those would be the top four, and then like you know mm-hmm. most people go like uh, Antonio Brown kind of sneaks in there at five, right? Is it? Yeah, I, I, I would I would either go Antonio Brown or Kamara depending on the format, but, right. but yeah, either one of those guys for sure. So then the next group is sort of like that Saquon group, right? I mean, it's the Kamara, Saquon, mm-hmm. uh, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, Fournette. 
Uh, Melvin Gordon, yeah. With, with the running back from Kansas City, who I'm drawing a blank on his name, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, Kurt, Kurt, Kareem Hunt, Christian so, McCaffrey, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, Odell. Yeah, all those guys, I don't think a lot is separating them. So you, you're kind of okay with, with people taking, if somebody takes Saquon six or, or you, you don't look at it and say, oh, that's, that's crazy. Uh, he's, 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 I wouldn't take him six. I would, any one of those guys, I would need one of those other guys over him. No, and, and uh, one of the reasons I think Saquon maybe got knocked down a peg behind Melvin Gordon and, and Fournette was just the hamstring injury. I mean, I know it wasn't severe. I know that you've reported that he's going to be a full go uh, come week one, but hamstring injuries, man, scare me so bad because they linger on these guys. So when it's close and we have situations like that, give me the healthier guy who, you know, Melvin and Fournette and McCaffrey look really healthy right now. And then another way you could parse it when it's really close is by schedule and um, I know you're aware because you're making your golf plans already, but the, the Giants have, I would say, a very difficult uh, opening six, seven, eight games. Uh, I do think they'll play well and have a chance to win the game against the Jags on on Sunday. But, man, a lot of their, their first six, seven games are really, really tough. Have to go on the road to Dallas in week two. I believe they have to play uh, Atlanta. You probably know the schedule better than me, but it's one of the hardest Yeah, we, we uh, did it on the prediction pod. Jack- Jacksonville at home and then. On the road, the Cowboys home opener, the Texans home opener, back home against the Saints, and then at Carolina, back home on a Thursday night against Philly, and then on Monday night in Atlanta. So there's really no letting up in those seven, first seven right there. Which is basically half your season, right? And more than that for your fantasy regular season. That's like, what, 60% of your fantasy season? Yeah, and not all those teams have really good rush defenses and their defense is designed to allow running back reception. So, like, they're not all terrible matchups, but... I don't see like huge shootouts in, in any of those games. So, so yeah, you know, I, I tell people that looking at the schedule is rough, uh, or is always not optimal because it's so hard to predict how good and bad teams will be in the NFL. So we don't really know, but, uh, on paper, at least now, I would say Saquon has a harder schedule, certainly harder than Leonard Fournette, who gets to play AFC East and NFC East out of division. Yeah. Well, you never, like you said, you never know. Like, let's say all of a sudden, uh, Matt Ryan's injured and he's not playing. All of a sudden, that game against the Atlanta Falcons is a completely different looking game than everybody's thinking about it right now. So, totally agree on that. Of course. So, let's move to Odell, right? He's coming back from a major injury, but it is an injury at least that it's, it was bone, right? So, bone, I guess, worries you, concerns you less about whether a guy can return to full form, right? He broke, broke his ankle, so broke a bone. Mm In his first three years, he averaged essentially 90, let's say 91 catches, 1,300, a little over 1,300 yards, and 10 touchdowns, right? Or 12, 10 or 12 touchdowns? 12. What? Odell has buried me. I haven't played. I know. Well, uh, let's start out with enough. You're an Odell hater. You don't like, you you, you just, not as a player. You just don't like to draft him. Like, you don't like to take him in daily fantasy in a weekly basis. You, You just like to short him all the time. Yeah, uh, it hasn't been very profitable shorting Odell. I mean, anytime he's been <laughs> on the field, it's been crazy. <laughs> uh, you know, like, one of the things, like, if you look at his rookie year was when this whole thing started with me and Odell, where uh, you just don't see rookie wide receivers ever do what Odell did. And, like, I always am going to lose money when guys are massive outliers, right? So, like, a lot of guys remember Doug Baldwin went on, like, a crazy tear down the yep, stretch yep. to uh, years ago. Um, another massive outlier was like Tyreek Hill last year, just like turning, you know, zero red zone targets into crazy touchdown rates um, and all these big plays. And Odell has been the same thing on an outlier basis where he's caught so many short passes and turned them into long games. Uh, and he's destroyed 
uh, really good pass defense is it's just such a massive outlier. And I'm always going to lose money on that. It is what it is. Uh, at some point, you have to realize, and I think I have to realize that. Are you making a market just, correction? Is the market correction yeah. happening now? Can we make this the turning um, point? Like, don't short the guy. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And I always find other ways to short it. Right now, I'm going to start adding in target share for Saquon and for Evan Ingram. And that's the <laughs> more reason I'm going to start. I'm going to start adding in, like, every statistical category the last four years. You start factoring all that in. And, like, from a math perspective, it's harder to be on Odell. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's just ridiculous. Obviously, you weren't in week one, but. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he burns me again. I think when you're talking about wide receivers, I'd definitely take Antonio Brown over him. Uh, prioritizing Odell is not something I've done in drafts, but we'll see if that bites me too. All right, I'm going to give you a little advice on Odell, right? After Jacksonville and Jalen Ramsey, play Odell, okay? He's going to catch a lot of passes. He's going to catch a lot of touchdowns. All the guy does is produce, all right? You're going you're gonna to cost yourself money by not by not playing Odell. you got, you got to have him, okay? Uh, yeah. I, I appreciate that. Let me ask you this. Uh, it strikes me as a guy from afar who, now that he's got this contract, uh, is not going to be, like, all in for football. It strikes me as maybe uh, he'll be parting it up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you're wrong on this, though. Still, when it's football, it's all football. Like, maybe on the off days, yeah, yeah he, he'll go have a good, he'll have a good time. But when it comes down to football, he's there. He's not bailing early. He's, he's fully committed during football season to being a great football player. Right. He's uh, one of those guys, and I really think this. This is something I learned about Odell. You know how, like, the great players, they really just want to be great? And it's all it, – look, they have other things on the side, but that when they're, like, committed, like, that's what their mind is set to, is being this great player. He is committed to being a great player. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad to hear that. It gives me more confidence, actually. So Okay, so you're going to use him this year. Got it. Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram, where do you where do you stand on them? And then we'll get to Eli and, and get out of here. Yeah, really, really tough for me to like either of those guys at their current cost, just because uh, their numbers last year and everybody is drafting off last year's numbers. Everybody's looking at last year's game log. Their numbers last year were so inflated by the Odell injury, uh, the Brandon Marshall injury, the lack of a running game. You add in all these guys coming back, uh, adding Saquon, uh, Odell coming back. It's just hard for me to see Evan Ingram. Getting that many targets again, his his catch rate was so low last year. Maybe he gets better this year, but just won't see as many opportunities. There's not enough to go around. And I think Sterling Shepard ideally is a role player, not kind of a foundational uh, receiver. So yeah, th- those guys are both uh, pretty easy passes for me. Yeah, well, I, I think Ingram is still produced. I think he could produce around the same numbers, just maybe in fewer targets. So be sort of be more efficient. My problem with Shepard, mm-hmm. my problem with Shepard is. Like you said, that just where the target's going to come from and on what week. Like, you're not going to know when Sterling Shepard's going to have those games, those really productive games. And to me, it's, it's going to be too spiked up and down the results to want to trust him as a fantasy receiver. Like, he's a good receiver in real life, but to trust him on a week-to-week basis in fantasy, I just don't know that the the targets are there with all the weapons that are there. I mean, do you, do you, are you on agreement on that? Yeah, yeah. I think Stone Shepard's a pretty easy fade. He's been going in like the eighth or ninth round, I think, which is pretty crazy to me. Yeah, it's considering when, if you think about it, he's the fourth target, right? Because I'm considering right. Saquon definitely, it probably goes Odell, Saquon, Evan Ingram, and then Shepard. So, I mean, you're talking about a fourth target. Yeah. Now, let's go to Eli Manning yeah. real quick, right? Where do you yeah. stand on Eli as a fantasy player? Uh, and how, first of all, where do you, yeah, why don't you answer that? Start, start with that, which is where do you okay. stand on him as a fantasy player? I mean, it's so funny because 
Saquon goes in the first round. Uh, Odell goes in the first round. Evan Ingram goes in the sixth or seventh round. Sterling Shepard goes in the eighth or ninth round. And then Eli Manning goes undrafted, right? right. Like, something doesn't add up there, right? Like, it, you can't have all those guys have these ridiculously good fantasy seasons and then be like, oh, but Eli sucks, right? This so, is going to be my follow-up uh, yeah, to you, right? Because, like, it doesn't make sense. If all these guys are good, he's got to put up decent yeah. numbers, right? Right. So, uh, I think that Eli is... Um, Close to being done. You can just see it in the, in the stats. I mean, he, with it, when Odell has not been on the field the last couple of years, he's been like the stone worst quarterback in the NFL. Now, you could say with Odell, he's actually been pretty decent, and maybe Odell makes that big of a difference. And, and in, in likelihood, he, he probably does. So, yeah, I would say that Eli's probably going uh, undervalued a little bit, but it's not hard to be undervalued when you're literally not getting drafted uh, in <laughs> fantasy leagues. I guess it all, to me, comes down to – how big you believe in those splits with and without Odell. Two quarterback leagues. Would you <laughs> contemplate having Eli Manning as your number two quarterback? Yeah, I, I, I think that's fine. I mean, like, like is I he said, in that, is he in that, let's say, let's say you're playing 10 teams. So he's in the 20 to 12 teams, 24 range. Is that, is that, is that where you would kind of put him? Yeah, I prefer Andy Dalton in that range. I think, I think Andy Dalton's actually going to have a really good year, but. But, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with, with Eli that late. You know, I think he goes, like, somewhere a little bit after Bortles, um, who actually has been a reasonable fantasy producer over the last couple of years. So, yeah, that, you know, that we're just going to put the bottom of the barrel there. Uh, I'm okay with it, man. I mean, uh, Eli has such good weaponry. It's going to be actually embarrassing. And there's so many Eli. Every time I say something bad about Eli, like these Giants people, and I'm sure a lot of them are listening now, they just get so deep into my mentions like it's a, <laughs> a personal attack. Uh, Welcome you know, to my Eli life. I mean, that, you know, I, that's what I live, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I live. Yeah. I mean, that is my everyday. That 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 same guy you're talking about is the one who pranks my parents. <laughs> like, how dare you make you know right. talk bad about my Eli? Like, that's just really what it is. That's, that's what it boils right. down to. If, so. if he fails with Saquon and Odell and Ingram and uh, Shepard, you know, like if he fails with that kind of weaponry, then it's enough with Eli. Truth is, they have to be done. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? He if this if this offense is just average or even like a little below average, that to me is an indictment on where the quarterback is. Right? Like you need to. There's enough there where you should be successful. Like there's no real excuse. Sure. Like you should be a really good offense. Like if they're anything above really good, to me it means that he's close to if not done. I mean, and to me the, the offensive line with his lack of mobility that's what worries me most. Like that combination is still a tr is still troubling, and and to me that 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 affects his value, but. Uh, you know, if he throws 25, 26, 27 touchdowns, which I think is reasonable with that weaponry, he's a useful, uh, backup number two quarterback for a lot of people. Yeah. And people in one quarterback leagues out there, I wouldn't even recommend, uh, Carrying two quarterbacks, usually there are usually so many good ones available on a right. matchup basis. But I'm saying you could pick uh, Eli Manning up off the bench yeah. then at that point. I mean, off the waiver wire yeah. with the week you need him. Exactly. Yeah, I, in the right matchup, I certainly wouldn't hate it, but we'll see, man. It'll be interesting. He's, he's probably going to look bad on Sunday against the Jags, but that won't be the true test. Right. Right. That, that, that's certainly a tough matchup. That Jags defensive line against the Giants offensive line is not what you want for their first game. Uh, so, real quick, do you have any interest in the Giants defense? I mean, would you, do you have any interest in playing them matchup or, or what? No, actually, uh, uh, you, you know, 
Blake Bortles turns the ball over a lot, um, but I don't even think about using the Giants in week one, so I couldn't imagine many matchups where I'd be too interested in using the Giants defense. I think pass rush um, will be a, a concern, obviously, corner play, uh, just like last inning is a concern, too. All right. All right. Well, don't use the Giants defense this year, Adam, but let me tell you, make sure you use Odell a little bit, okay? Sprinkle him in. I promise you it'll end up paying off for you, okay? Yeah, uh, don't let these Giants people get in my mentions. This I, is I like an this is like an intervention. Yes, yeah, seriously, you're gonna have the oh, you already have the Eli people after you. Now you got the Odell people. <laughs> you're done, man. You're done. It's over. <laughs> don't call my parents. Leave them alone. Jesus. All right, we got to run. Adam Levitan, DraftKings and Fantasy Labs expert. We'll uh, we appreciate your time, and we'll do it again. Okay. All right. Thanks for having me. You got it. On to the next one. Now that my boy Adam Levitan broke down all the Giants, you should listen to him, by the way, because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, trust me on this, Adam Levitan helps you win leagues. He's that good. He tracks everything, and that's really part of the thing. If you really want to be good at daily fantasy, you want to be good at fantasy, you have to be up to date with everything that goes on, right? But you have a life, and you have a job, and your job is not to follow this so you really can't invest all that time into seeing all the transactions and all the moves and all the formations and all the stuff. That's what people like Adam Levitan can take it and give it to you and Mike Clay and Matthew Berry and Stefania Bell and Field Yates. They can take it and give it to you right there in your hand. Okay? Trust me. Listen to him. Now I'm going to give you a quick Jordan on the beat before we get out of here. A little, little story of what it's like to be on the beat. And the things that go with it. Now, I'm going to tie this to fantasy because this was Odell Beckham's rookie year. So 2014. You know, Odell Beckham didn't, doesn't play in the preseason, misses most of training camp, misses the first few games of the season. Okay. And I have my, my, my number one A1 major league, you know, that been with my friends from most of them are from high school or college. It's 14 team auction. Seriously, you know. The uh, entry fee is several hundred, you know, uh, cookies. And it's important to me. I want to win. I want to win bad. I've never won. I'm good every year. I'd never win. Disappointed in the playoffs. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like that, you know, team that chokes in the playoff every time. Like, who, who's the quarterback that, uh, that can't get over the hump, right? That, that, that always chokes. Um, Trying to think who who who's that guy? I'm the Donovan McNabb of fantasy football. I mean, that might be a little outdated, but that's me. Okay, so or Matt Ryan up until he made the Super Bowl, never didn't have, done a lot of playoff success. So a couple of years ago, two weeks into the season, Odell hasn't played. Everyone's down on him at this point, at least for his rookie year, right? As Adam mentioned before, it was such an outlier. You don't not play, not do anything, and then come in. Week four, fresh out of doing nothing for months and come into the NFL and tear it up. But he did. So about two weeks before, like week, week two or three, somebody drops him. So he's on the waiver wire. And I realized, okay, he's, he's really, he's doing more practice. He's going to be back soon. All right. I'll, uh, I'll pick up Odell Beckham, you know, on the waiver wire. He's just sitting out there. Let me just pick him up just in case he comes back and is good. Maybe I can get something out of week six or seven, right? Well, let me just say, 
nobody says anything at the time, right? I'm the Giants beat reporter. Nobody cares. But by like his second, third, fourth week in, all of a sudden he starts lighting it up. And everyone's like, hold on one second. This is garbage. The Giants reporter picked up Odell Beckham knowing that he was going to come back and and he was good. And we just let him do it. And in a way, they're right. I mean, it is kind of bogus. I, I guess, had some inside information, although, I, like, I, like I've noted before, when you do predictions, you can be right or wrong. It, it's a 50-50 crapshoot. It's a tough thing to be right. But I played the odds. I said, okay, why not? I mean, so no, can't lose anything by picking him up. I had an extra roster spot. I thought I could get rid of some guy. So I picked up Odell Beckham. He basically won everybody their league. Somehow he didn't win my league because uh, I started off so poorly. That I, I didn't even win the league. I don't think I made the playoffs that year. But he was the, he was the best player in fantasy football over like the last 10 weeks. I think he had like five or six straight hundred yard games, won everybody their championship. So my friends now, anytime a giant player goes up in our auction draft, give me hell, right? They, anytime I start bidding on a guy like, Oh, what's going on here? Oh, what's going on here? Uh, uh, uh. The giant reporter, obviously something, he knows something. And so forever, basically, basically, I can't get any giants on my team. A, I open myself up to criticism from everybody in the league who's just going to crush me. Be like, oh, that's BS. You have the inside information, the inside track on all these guys. You shouldn't be able to pick them up, which is kind of true. But at the same time, I can't totally eliminate myself from having giants in my roster because then I'm playing at a disadvantage. And I'm already at a disadvantage. I've been in this league for like 15 years. I've never won. Never won. So that's what all this inside information was worth. Even though I picked up Odell that one year, it's never led to a championship. So much for being a good fantasy player. I like it, though. It drives us. Fantasies. Fantasy is the goods, man. If you're if you're not into fantasy yet and you're still on the fence, I've been telling you, you got to do it. It opens up a whole new avenue. It's so much more enjoyable. It's fun. It adds a new element to every Sunday. You're more now interested in every, like all these games you would have never been interested in before. So with that, that's the end of this fantasy Palooza episode of Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Rodon. Don't forget, comment, subscribe. You know, we're available everywhere. Microsoft, uh, Microsoft, what? Microsoft, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, uh, uh, Google. Uh, if you have a podcatcher, you can get us on Android anywhere, left or right. So we're available, and I'm available anytime. Reach out to me. Email, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm always there. I'm always available. If you send it to me, trust me, I'll read it. Except if Twitter. Twitter notifications now are getting crazy. My Twitter is a total disaster. But any of these other places, I'll see it. I promise. I'm Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants reporter. See you next time.